0: So we're going to do something a little different this week. Obviously, I was out again last weekend, a bit under the weather. So we thought we'd try for crapping giggles just for the hell of it. We're going to try this week a scaled-down version of the podcast, try to do a daily podcast, and our goal, what we're going to aim for, is like two to three stories, five to ten minutes. We'll give that a whirl, see how that goes. And if it's a train wreck, then we'll just go back to the way things were. So today, I've got three stories, well, four. This first one, before we dig into things, White boy Malcolm X Did you know that Judy Tenuta died? She did. Last Thursday or Friday, I think. From Fox News, Judy Tenuta, the love goddess, comedian and actress, dead at 72. Judy Tenuta was known for her acidic humor, expletive-laden jokes, eyeball personas, and accordion playing. And she died of ovarian cancer at 72. That woman was a riot. She was one of those comedians where you always remember something that they did or said. Like Steve Martin. He's another comedian for me. Back in the early to mid 80s, he was still doing a lot of stand-up. And I'll never forget this. He was talking about if you ever got arrested for anything, all you had to do was go into court and tell the judge you forgot. Whatever it was you were doing, you forgot that it was illegal. Nowadays, of course, they don't really care. Off you go. Don't worry about jail time. But back then, when you still got in trouble for breaking the law, He had this line, Your Honor, I forgot armed robbery was illegal. And she was the same way. I remember she had this bit, the Pope was trying to seduce her, and she was like, No, Pope, you cannot possess me. No. So that's what I remember her by. Denying the Pope Her forbidden fruit. Her hoo-hoo. So rest in peace, Judy Tenuta. And thanks for all the laughs. You, ma'am, were definitely one of a kind. So let's just go ahead and jump into things, folks. And this first one, well, I was going to talk about it last week on the podcast that never happened... Had this story from Pink News. Those girls over at Pink News. Bros, Billy Eichner. That's Billy, I hate the gay for pay business model, Eichner. Blames homophobia for film's poor box office numbers. It is what it is. And we'll get to that in a second. But now, on top of that, here's this one. From Hollywood in Toto, Bros director blasts audiences for film's box office failure. Nicholas Stoller, it's almost like people don't know what's good for them. Oh, so you're a moron if you didn't go see Bros. You're too dumb to know what's good entertainment because you didn't want to see this box office disaster. Jesus Christmas, the egos on these people. And not to humble brag, well, okay, a little. But it looks like I'm going to be right on this one. I may even have to revise my number down. I said, I think a couple weeks back now, that I'd be shocked if it hit 25 million. I don't even think it's going to get that high. And this movie, Bros, cost $22 million to produce it, another $30 to $40 million in marketing costs, so $50 to $60 million. And the first week out, they were projecting it would earn between $8 and $10 million, but it only got to $4.8, topped out at number five. And this past weekend, only another $2.1 million fell down to number eight. And box office receipts, they fell 55.5%. Which as I understand it, I think if you get to 60%, that's when they consider it a bomb. Which this thing basically is. Their total box office so far is $8.9 million. Again, on a cost of $50 to $60 million, it's now averaging $643 per screen, which means pretty much everyone who planned to see it has already seen it. All the queens out there, at least the non-COVID Karen types, who are willing to go back into a theater, they've now already seen it. And it is so bad, folks. It's so bad that Avatar, which is what? 10 to 15 years old? They released it this year, trying to get some buzz for the sequels. But Avatar, a 10 to 15 year old movie, this past weekend, they managed to bring in $2.7 million, came in at number six, two ahead of bros, and Top Gun Maverick, which you can now rent on iTunes for $5.99. Your ass doesn't even have to go to a theater to see it. That movie came in at number nine. Barely lost to bros. So, of course, I got a couple things to say. First off, this is kind of karmic justice. Justice. Yes, karmic justice, white boy Malcolm X. Well, you got him running around. Billy, I hate the gay for pay business model Eitner, That queen running around. Oh, my film's not disposable garbage. Not like all those other hideous gay films. So you got him running around saying that. And Billy? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it is. So there's karmic justice there. And then with him, anytime someone says anything remotely positive about the gay for pay business model, he publicly tears them a new one. And we had that story a couple of months ago. Aaron Sorkin said something about it. Aaron said something like, and I'm paraphrasing here, but Aaron basically said, Don't worry about who's gay or straight. Find the best actor for the role. And of course, Billy trashed him publicly for doing that. Even though for this film, bros, Billy's out there bragging away about all the actors in this film, whatever the role, whatever the character, he's got gays playing everything. So he's a hypocrite, trashing the gay-for-pay business model while putting into practice and bragging about it the straight-for-pay business model. And second of all, Billy, he goes on to Twitter and he says, that's just the world we live in, unfortunately. Even with glowing reviews, great Rotten Tomato scores, in a cinema score, etc., straight people, especially in certain parts of the country, just didn't show up for bros. And that's disappointing, but it is what it is. I hate to break it to him. I guess no one else told him this. But bros, on its best day, it's a niche film. A niche film full of jokes for gay people. And this clown fooled himself completely that he's the next Spielberg or Coppola. And in his little gay bubble, you want to talk about groupthink, his gay posse. Oh, Billy, your film is hilarious. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. It's going to beat Avatar and Titanic. That's how big this movie is going to be. They never, ever, ever, ever should have opened that film wide. Opened it in 3,350 theaters. No clue whose dumb idea that was. If they're at whatever studio distributed this thing, they're probably out of a job by now. You go wide on Marvel films. You go wide on blockbuster movies like Avatar or Top Gun or whatever, you don't go wide on a gay niche movie like this. That's just dumb. Dumb, dumb, dumb. But I guess it is what it is, as Billy says. Ready to pop the question? From Blaze Media, Netflix removes LGBTQ tag from Jeffrey Dahmer biopic following Backlash. And we have not watched this one yet. Although it's in the queue. That's the one with Evan Peters. He's big in that American Horror Story series, which I love. But he's playing gay for pay as Jeffrey Dahmer. No idea if Michael Yuri or Billy Eichner, oops, sorry about that, Billy. That's Billy. I hate the gay for pay business model, Eichner. But no idea if either of them are having a meltdown or not. Well, Billy is, but he has a massive flop on his hands with bros. So he's probably a little bit too distracted at the moment. Wallowing in self-pity. And as an aside, and just to jump back to bros real quick, I've seen the previews, and I'll say this. It looks entertaining. Dumb, but entertaining. And it looks like, maybe possibly, I might actually enjoy it. But like I said earlier, it's a gay niche film. The jokes that are in there From what I've seen, only a queen or a, well, I'll just say gay hag would find them funny. And I'm sure we'll watch it at some point. I'll throw Billy $5.99 to rent it. And I'll make sure to report back. Hey, if it's good, I got no problem saying it. But this one, Dahmer Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story that is a 10 part fictionalized dramatization of the life confession arrest and conviction of Dahmer and so allegedly supposedly possibly maybe Dahmer was gay most of his victims were gay the series that was created by Ryan Murphy he's a big old queen So Netflix, they decided to categorize the series as LGBTQ+. Seems reasonable to me. How about you, white boy Malcolm X? Does that seem reasonable to you? Dahmer's gay. Most of the victims were gay. The show was created by a big old queen. Does that seem reasonable to you? Yes. That's what I thought. So given that, It's gay pretty much all the way. But I guess if you're going to tag something as LGBTQ+, it can only be good. Show us in a good light. You can't have a gay guy killing mostly gay guys, doing all sorts of weird stuff with their mostly gay corpses, and call that LGBTQ+. Because we refuse to accept negative publicity. Really? And we know that's BS because of coming out Colton with that. Well, I guess he's not a new Gaby anymore. With that tired old queen, Colton Underwood. Him and his guide, his mentor, his pimp, Goose Kentworthy. Those two blithering idiot queens embarrassing the hell out of us with their allegedly, supposedly, possibly maybe, whoring around and doing God knows what else. White Boy Malcolm X. Thoughts, sir? What's worse? Jeffrey Dahmer or Colton Underwood and Goose Gantworthy when it comes to being known as gay? Which of those two makes us look worse, a gay serial killer or two vapid silly queens carrying on like a bad minstrel act, a gay step-and-fetch-it act, which is worse, a tie. Really? (sighs) Yeah, I, uh, I probably should have had my own thoughts. Better formulated before I asked you that. I was kind of hoping you tilt it one way or the other. So I will. Well, I'll call it a tie as well. But if they're going to call coming out Colton LGBTQ+, it's kind of absurd to get so triggered, get so hysterical over the label being put on this Dahmer series. But as we know, The double standard, alive and well. And for our last story, folks, this one's kind of an old one. It's from Fox Business. Apple's VP of Procurement exiting after off-color remark in viral TikTok video. The TikTok video has generated 1.4 million views. So Apple's VP of Procurement his name is Tony Blevins. He got his ass kicked to the curb over a viral TikTok video because in that video, he made an off-color comment. And so I guess, speaking of blithering idiots, a TikTok star, his name is Daniel Mack. No idea who he is. I actually Googled him, though. He's just some little twinky boy. Calm down out there, Kevin Spacey. I suspect this kid. Way too old for you. But I guess Daniel here, he has a series where he goes up to owners of expensive cars and asks them what they do for a living. And so we spotted Tony Blevins. This was back in early September. Tony drives himself a Mercedes. Yes, Mercedes. White boy, Malcolm X. That's the Southern way of saying it. Everyone else says Mercedes. But if you're from the South, it's a Mercedes. And don't you judge over there. You're from Colorado. And so Daniel the Twink, he goes up to Tony and he says, Good sir, your car is awesome. What do you do for a living? I didn't watch the video, folks, but I suspect he sounds like that. And so Tony, he responds, I have rich cars, play golf, and fondle big-breasted women. But I take weekends and major holidays off. And according to this article in Fox News, what Tony here said appears to be, well, they put it as a nod to a quote from the 1981 film Arthur. All the millennial Gen Z kids out there, they're like, Arthur, who? Kids, you don't want to know. Another rich, white, heterosexual male. There's all kind of triggering in that movie. Don't watch it. But I guess in the film, Arthur, he describes his own job, and I didn't think he had a job in the movie, but it's been like, I don't know, 30 years since I saw it. But Arthur said, I race cars, Play tennis and fondle women, but I have weekends off and I am my own boss. So, what do you think happened, folks? Someone at Apple woke Apple, and I can guarantee you it was a hysterical millennial Gen Z kid. If they saw it on TikTok, they ran crying and complaining, or Zeer ran crying and complaining. We don't know their gender identity, folks. But someone ran crying and complaining, tattletaling to Apple HR, those poor beleaguered folks working in Apple HR. And so Tony Blevins, who has been with the company for 22 years, Tim Cook brought him to Apple after working with him at IBM. Tony got shown the door Tony got kicked to the curb. First off, that comment, not really appropriate. A bit boorish if you ask me. I get that he was trying to be funny, but it's kind of dumb to say that out loud, especially to some brat with a cell phone, like that's ever ended well. But having said that, do we really want to live in a world where some idiotic comment you make, not at work, not at a work function, but a comment you make in your private life where that can get you fired at work because someone wanted to shiv you and push you out. And I can see these hysterical ninnies running to HR, tattletailing on Tony. Oh, his words are violence. Oh, I'm so uncomfortable being around him. Oh, his words make me feel unsafe. They love that word. And I guarantee you, folks, whoever acted like a four-year-old went tattletaling to HR to get him fired somewhere online, in a video, a blog post, a tweet, what have you, I bet you they've said something Just as bad, if not worse. The ones who complain about crap like that, they generally are the biggest moral hypocrites. And I don't care what the discount is. I would never, ever, ever, ever work at a place like Apple. Remember, folks, this is the place where Tim Cook is a racist because he wants people to come back in the office Two to three days a week. Screaming racism over hybrid work. This is what kind of insane asylum Apple has become. So you folks at Apple, watch your back and scrub your social media ASAP. They'll be coming for you next. With these woke Puritans, one scalp is never enough. So on that note, since I cannot top these hysterical brats at Woke Apple running to HR to tattletale, even if this idiot's borsh behavior had nothing to do with his job, since I cannot top that, that my voice is about to go out. It is time to plug pull this podcast. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us on this early week edition of the Miller Frost podcast. I am your host, Miller Frost, joined as always by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. Have a great rest of your evening, a good start to your morning. I had to think of that one on the fly. And we'll see you back here tomorrow. In the meantime, take care.